0: Welcome to the Grow Your Practice podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Chad Madden, owner of Madden Physical Therapy and Breakthrough. Join me each week as we dive into the best practices, systems, principles, tips, and tricks to help you grow your private practice. When you're thinking about reactivations, what are you doing right now in your practice? How do you reactivate past patients right now?
1: Well, I'm happy to jump in. Um, We've made it a priority over the last six months or so Gathering the database and, and getting it integrated, uh, it certainly took longer than we had hoped, but nevertheless, we're ready to launch now. So I thought the timing uh, of this uh, was pretty perfect. Um, and uh, you know, our, our, our goal, we're in the west coast, southwest coast of Florida. So it's very seasonal right now. Uh, the last thing that we need actually is more people uh, banging on our doors, trying to get in, but they'll all go up north around, uh, the end of April or so. Uh, and then our business, uh, off a little bit. And I think that's when we're really going to want to roll out this, uh, get back to know you campaign.
0: Thank you, Brian. Brian. Great. Thanks for sharing. And we'll, we'll talk more, what I have teed up here is exactly what we're going to go through. So this, this should help you, Brian. Great anybody else want to share what you're doing right now?
2: Sure. I'll share. We'd, um, we do, um, just email marketing and then direct mail to our past patient list.
0: Okay. And what do you include in your, do you include something special within your email or within your direct mail, Maggie, that reactivates them?
2: So we have not really included that, like, special offer or anything we're just more kind of just our messaging is more like you know if you have pain again we're here to help you type of thing what we have done in the past but that's something that we are considering moving forward
0: thanks for sharing anybody else all right so we're going to start we'll go very basic and then i'll share um with you and the one thing that we're going to cover are three different ways that you can use email but I, i want to start even before that um, and by the way, most of our market within private practice, we're not discerning at all between the three different types of email campaigns. And then I'll show you, I'll share the exact, um, at least for one of our clinics, this, our main clinic in Harrisburg, exactly how we do this. Um, so at the foundation of, of all of our marketing efforts, we have this idea of market message media match. So whether we're talking about doing something on social media cold traffic, or we're talking about email marketing, which uh, Aggie just mentioned, or we're talking about um, direct mail or print ads or radio, TV, any other legacy media, we always want to go back to this idea. So three things must be in alignment for our marketing to work. We have to select a target market. We have to align that messaging with how the target market talks about their pain points. And then we must select media and use media in the way that that target market uses it. For example, in this case, we're talking about email and reactivations. So who's our target market? Basically anybody that we've treated in the past that's on our email list, pretty straightforward. The majority of our lists um, here is I mean, we have one very specific target market, and then we have a whole bunch of other niche markets that we target. But, um, it's our main target market, primary target market is a 45 to 64 year old family oriented female. That means she's likely married and she likely has kids. So when she's reactivated or we communicate with her, if she doesn't have a problem, she likely knows somebody who does, meaning her recalcitrant spouse or partner, her children, potentially even her uh her parents, if she's a caregiver to her parents, or she's social with friends who are suffering the, the problems that we're talking about in our oh. past patient communication. So that would be market. And and again in this case it's it's baked in that you're targeting your past patient list. The messaging gets tricky and there's there's one big thing that can get in the way for most practice owners. So Maggie, you did this amazingly well, but you said, if you have pain from a ton of testing on all media, the second we say the word if, forget any action that from happening after that. It, it just, and you likely, and I likely, we, we don't respond to messaging like that. And there's a little bit better way. So the, for most practice owners, what they'll do is 100% goodwill and the problem with that is, so never have a call. to There's two components of a successful email. One is goodwill or nurture, providing value. The yeah. other one is an actual offer, a call to action. And they must be balanced. So some practices will do nothing but goodwill, provide value forever and ever and ever. And we'll, I can take you through the system here and I'll, I'll build one live um, to show you what this looks like. But um So if we only do that, then we never have a a traceable, a trackable reactivation, right? The other end is only providing offers. So come in for a free screen or come in for an eval plus a, uh, you know, a discounted laser treatment or discounted massage, something like that. So only providing offers. And the right way to do it is to balance them. So what we do in Breakthrough, what we do for our practice is we provide valuable, goodwill and content, then only for those people who interact with that, click the button to watch the video, download a report, whatever the goodwill and value is, then we provide those people an offer. And we can say, you know, for example, let's say Maggie, you're on the email list and you click on the video, then we can have an automated email that goes out that says, Hey Maggie, saw you watch the video on shoulder pain. I'm guessing you have shoulder pain. Tell me what's going on with your shoulder, right? Like, the, and then we can drive to um, an appointment or some sort of call to action. But that is—that's a little more sophisticated than we're usually talking about here in private practice. But that is the right way to do it. So provide valuable goodwill content, and then once that happens, then provide the offer. And we want to balance that. The other thing is the messaging um, usually. Another big error pitfall that many of us make is we talk about the problem or pain point in a way that it's like we're talking with another clinician right or we're talking with a doctor that that's not how we want it to we want to talk about the problem, for example, if we're doing something for shoulder pain or back pain. we want to talk about it in lay language, not clinical speak and then finally, we have uh media, so with patients you know, or a patient list, there are essentially three types of media that we can use. Um, The, you know, the classic method, which I grew up with in the very beginning was direct mail. Maggie, I think you mentioned that. Um, So, you know, mailing a patient newsletter, I have an example of that sitting on my desk right here. You know, we mail out uh, roughly 20,000 patient newsletters um, a month. Newsletter is a different media than email though. So another pitfall would be just simply trying to email your entire newsletter in a PDF format or some other sort of format to your patient list. I would not do that. that in the long-term that does not work. So we discourage that, um, because we've never, I mean, last year, I think you're pretty true we sent over, I think it was 8.3 million emails. So we have a lot of data. Uh, I, I just, I've never seen a newsletter produce. Uh, because it's not how you and I or target market, how we use email, but we can use email, we can use direct mail, and then we could also something that's new and we're testing a lot is texting, right? So there's that, that is a new up and coming media. There's a lot to figure out there. Um, There's also a lot of junk. It's kind of like the wild west right now. And um, we're, we're testing quickly. So we have market message media match. The other thing that I want to, uh, I'll give you one more point on market. We don't talk about this often. Um, again, it's level of sophistication of where we're at and, yeah, as private practice owners, but, but segmenting a list can make a lot of sense. And I mean, there are many different ways that you could slice your, your patient list, but, uh, for example, one, and huge disclaimer here, no, you're practice act, know your compliance and insurance contracts, everything else, but you could do it by payer mix. You could do it by um y- you could segment your list for a lot of different demographic and psychographic reasons. Um so you could segment that way. Another way that we like to look at it is um segment by frequency and recency. So if we've been emailing somebody for five years and they've never opened up an email We have to treat that person differently than somebody who opens up and watches every single email that we ever send out. Right. Somebody who's very active, somebody who's, you know, in the last three months, they've opened up six emails and they've clicked on everything in all of our emails, right? And we have to treat those two people differently. So it's another way to think about it, uh, frequency and recency in terms of segmenting, but you could segment, um, share when we're talking about target market. So. This is the, this is our system that we're using here at Breakthrough and, um, at Madden and Gilbert PT. So this is for our Harrisburg office, our original office. And I ran this back to August 1st. So through present day, we sent 102,000 emails. Um, obviously that's the same list and we're emailing at least once a month. Open rates, 26%. Um, 976 clicks and uh, 180 replies so we've had ended up having 108 conversations over that time and the unsubscribe rate that's just a vanity metric that a lot of us like to look at um so this is pretty helpful i actually like an unsubscribe rate because if somebody doesn't want to use the email um as a way to communicate we want them off the list long term so uh Pretty comfortable with that. I've seen some practices with a, like an unsubscribe rate of like 2%. That's really high. Uh, this one in 400 people is wheelhouse. Anyhow, so we sent these emails out. This is how we look at it on a uh, month to month or quarter to quarter basis. And then, yeah, so email broadcast Here We'll make one on the fly. Um, send date. Not worried about. Not really going to send this one out. So let's say we wanted to send something. M- Maggie, what's the most common thing that you treat in your clinic? Number one diagnosis.
2: Uh back pain.
0: Great. Oddly, I just happened to pick. Uh, so this is a video that I posted years ago. Um, we're almost five million views. So top three exercise for sciatic and pinched nerve. Close enough to back pain. We'll roll with it so click share copy the youtube link and go back in here and uh say brian um what do we want so normally i would put a first name in here but you get the idea so you can watch it here. Um, And then I could put in a date and just send this out to our entire list, right? So not sure how long that took. We're 17 minutes into this. I'm guessing this took about five. Um, And then what we'll do is we'll schedule something very similar once a month and at minimum. And to take a, by the way, is this helpful just to think about how quick and easy this can be? Now you could, you know, what else could you put in the other than a, a YouTube video? What else could you put in here? What other valuable goodwill content could you be sending to your patient list
1: for reactivations?
2: Just like an article about the exercises instead of a video, uh,
1: blog post,
0: link to. I mean, it could be something as simple as like a link to like mail Clinic <laughs> or. Cleveland Clinic that they put out on back pain research um, or, yeah, it, anything that is in lay terminology. Uh, I know John Hopkins puts out a lot of really good content specifically on musculoskeletal issues in lay language. They do a nice job of converting it over into lay language. You could do that. You could look up uh, 10 most common books or most ordered books on Amazon and create a list. You could do a report. You could do, yeah, we have like these top three exercise trifold brochures that we used to have in all the doctor's offices. You could do something like that. So any sort of information could be written, text, could be um, audio, like a podcast snippet or something like that. Can be a YouTube video, um, anything like that at all. Now, the key is you want to have software where when somebody's taking an action here, you want to be able to see that they're opening that they're clicking, and then you want to fire off a, a follow-up email once they interact with your your piece. So you want to see how many people are opening, how many people are actually clicking to consume the content, whether it's written, audio, or AV like a video. Um, and then you want to have a follow-up that that goes out. Ideally, you want that to be automated. With reactivation, there's really two key components. One is getting the person to raise their hand and consume the content. Once that happens, and this is beyond the scope of what we can talk about here, but the second part is conversion. There's going to have to eventually be a human to human conversation, whether it's via email, text, or phone call, that ultimately the person walks into the door and schedules and keeps an appointment. There's this, I, talk about this quite a bit, but it's called like the exam room fallacy that we frequently have as clinicians that we send out, you know, a thousand emails or 25,000 emails or whatever it is. And, and we think that we're just going to walk into exam room after exam room of patients who are ready to go and that they the missing link in there is conversion or here is that human element that has to happen. All right. So the other thing that I can show you here, so we have a lot of Monthly campaigns, um, and these are all built out and set up already. So, I mean, a lot lot of these are based on uh, specific things that we've done. So, like, and here, here's the big takeaway: everything from the top number one exercises for dizziness, vertigo, and balance issues, all the way down to GPE anniversary, and then hand injuries whole way down through the end, they're all value first. So it's provide value, interact, and then have a conversation with the person with a follow-up once they open and click. And GPE is the only time that we'll do a direct offer. And that this we use uh, once or twice a year. I know Brian, you had talked about GPE stands for a. Uh, greatest promotion ever i wrote about it in the, the book six or seven years ago uh killer marketing secrets which was part of our course this was one of the first things i, I ever taught at breakthrough was we have a slow season as well uh, a little bit different than florida but mm-hmm. november through january brutal for us where we would lose a significant amount of money every year and then the question that we asked the business question was what would this look like if we had, if if that time of year, Thanksgiving through the end of the year was our busiest. And what we ended up doing, what we decided on is going back to that market message media match. And we said, okay, so who's the target market that we can address during that time period, like late October, early November, physicians are super busy. I mean, they get, and this is pre-pandemic, but they were getting, you know, more chocolate, more white powder, flour, flour and sugar that time of year, than the rest of the year combined. So we couldn't really compete in the doctor's office, which wasn't really our, our game anyhow. Direct to the consumer, ha- advertising costs go up significantly because Kohl's and Target and Costco and everybody else who wants you to buy, it, they are hitting all the media hard in that, that Q4. And so we said, well, we're, we're left with our patient list. What can we do? So we do, um, basically a day of reactivations at Jerry Perch's year. I think we had 70 appointments, um, blocked out on a Tuesday morning. And we ended up with 67 new patients on a single Tuesday morning. And we used direct mail complemented with email and, uh, yeah, that we ended up, I think with over 200 new patients at a single site clinic, two Oh nine, if I remember right. And then that first year that carried us through, we had a seven week waiting list that took us until January. Um, and we literally made it our busiest time ever. Um, so th- that's what the, this, this is offer, but we only use it once or twice a year, we're not pounding our list with just offer over and over and over again. All right.
2: So, what did you offer? It was just like a free, like consultation type thing. Yeah.
0: So, you you're gonna to want to be careful with your work. What state are you in, Maggie? Louisiana. Great. So, oh, who? Carl Klein, Peter. Do you know Carl? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Freddie Ann Chandler, and her daughter. Um, I know they're both involved in the Louisiana. Uh, Physical Therapy Association, whatever the name, and they they did a lot with legislation, but there are private practice owners that are going to know exactly what you can say there. Um, some people call it like a discovery visit or recheck or you know, okay. a, a free assessment, something like that. But okay. you know, just so you're in accordance and compliance with your practice act, you're going to want to know what that is. We call it a free screen.
1: Gotcha.
3: Are those um, by phone, video, or in person? Usually,
0: uh, we so right now we do in person. Early pandemic, and I'll th- th- this is a weird curveball, but uh, early pandemic in twenty eleven, we actually did virtual. Uh, we, yeah, we used to trade via Skype, and then the laws for that were not crystal clear. So we had guidance from Paul Welk. Um but yeah, right now everything is live.
1: Okay. Thanks, and when you said you had I forget the number, but uh a, a significant uptick in new okay. patients. Yep. Uh was this through your prior patient contact list?
0: Yes. Yeah, and it was our were they they new tests.
1: patients or were they a rekindle patients,
0: reactive patients? So in, in segmenting, what we would do is anybody that had been seen in PT within the last six months, we would suppress. So we wouldn't, we weren't marketing to those people that were active in PT or had just graduated or been discharged from physical therapy, uh-huh. but we, we messaged everybody else. Does that help? Yes. Thanks. Cool. Uh, yeah. And we had, a lot of people ask about duration, like how far back should I go with my list? Um, I'll give you the outlier and then I'll give you what really happens. Um, we had somebody come in who we hadn't seen in nine years Mm -hmm. and, uh, and she said, oh, you know, I've been getting your mail. I've followed your mail. And, um, you know, now I'm back. Very rare. Good story, um, and there's a lot to her story. Um, you know she's a immigrated from Eastern Europe, and like, yeah, I can really get lost in her story, but the what really happens is you're gonna see the majority of your reactivations are from the last twenty four to thirty six months, mm-hmm. and there are people that you're you know just think about um especially with that target demographic, I mean everybody that we see has comorbidities, right? So you see somebody with vestibular pain, they likely have back issues. There's a high prevalence of back pain or vice versa. Yeah. So most people are struggling with something. Um, There's a chance that they don't understand exactly what it is that you can help them with if they've been in for another problem and you just need to give them the opportunity. Other thing that I wanted to say was when you saw those, why do we have so many different types of GPEs? Um, I wrote about this in the book, but it's it's super important. When you're offering, if you're gonna offer a free screen or whatever you want to call it to your past patient list, there always has to be a reason that you're celebrating. It doesn't matter what the reason is, but always make it about the reason you're celebrating. So for us, it's, you know, we've used and the practices that we work with, it's, you know, we've been open for three years or 10 years or 19 or 20, whatever I'm on, 20 years. um, And then or we're opening a new clinic or we're expanding an existing space or we hired another clinician um, or uh, our clinical director, Jan and physical therapist, Christian just had a baby boy, but that was a real thing that we just did. So you you always want to have a reason as to why you're celebrating. Don't just have a free screen day to have free screens. Give them a reason that that you're celebrating. We've also so seen, go ahead.
3: So, question: You said you run this twice a year. Yes, we were thinking about incorporating it as something, um, kind of year-round, and I'm wondering why why we wouldn't do that.
0: Um, you're thinking about running this year round to your patient list?
3: Mm, well, not not necessarily emailing it out to the patient list like every week or something, but we do a lot of work with postpartum patients. So um, we were thinking it would be nice to offer that complimentary screen Maybe like once a week, just have like a a small window of time that a PT is available for those. Um, that way people can check in as needed because they're having babies year round.
0: I completely understand the concerns. I think you might want to, I, I would not be using uh Past well, let me ask you this. What percentage of your patient population do you think has had a child in the last three years? Your patient list?
3: Um, probably 60%,
0: 60% in the last three years. Yeah. That is really high. I, I was not expecting that. Okay. Maybe, uh-huh.
3: maybe between 40 to 60%. Wow.
0: Okay. We, we, we do back pain in pregnancy as a niche and we're, we're, you we might be 10%. Um, and we, we, have a full-time therapist who specializes in women's health. Um, yeah. Wow. Okay. I'm, I'm impressed. So if, if you're doing that, you might want to think about, you might want a different mechanism, right? So like the one thing that we had done is we have six children. We had a nurse midwife, Sandy Hoops, who delivered five of our six. She is amazing. We went to Sandy and uh, the, the uh, she, WGYN office that she works for, and we, we lined everything up. There is a folder that goes to all the new moms. We want to be in that folder. The, I, I would mm-hmm. go there, right? Have a flyer. Here's what we do talk about somebody's before and after. I mean, there is a story that I tell in the, in our back pain book, uh, what's the name it. of pain free Motion. That was the first one, uh, back to normal is the name of the second book. And I tell the, the story of my wife when she was pregnant with Quinn or, uh, second son who's 17 went home and I tell the story that is that before and after life was horrible before physical therapy with back pain and pregnancy. Then I went to PT or how amazing it is. That is the story that you want in there and you can offer anything, but I would try to get in with the OBGYN because they they have the captured market. They know exactly who you want to be with. Right.
3: Yeah. So maybe these pre-consult sections, They could help at some points, but they're not necessarily like the biggest route of marketing for us, or they might not be.
0: Well, I, I don't, like, I wouldn't lead to, okay, so here's, I, I always say there's three target markets. There's really five. Um, yeah, just hang in there with me for a second. So one is past patients. I think if you're relying on a weekly email, what I would be flowing out to my, um, my patient list via email is top three exercises for back pain in pregnancy. Right. That like, or, uh, my favorite exercise for back pain during pregnancy, something like that, like very simple three minute video, um, whatever resource you can give. Right. It could be a report, could be anything that can be consumed in three to five minutes. I would send that out to the email list for those people who download that. Then I would have a conversation, an automated conversation, at least in the beginning, Hey, saw you downloaded this. Um, you know, what's, tell me what's going on with your back. Like that's the conversation that you want to start So that. That's past patient reactivation. You also have past patient word of mouth, which is there are likely social groups in your area for expecting mothers. True, yes, find out where they are and go and speak there, like be involved figure out a way to provide valuable goodwill and content to them that they consider valuable. when you have a new mom come through or an expecting mother come through as a patient, all the questions that she asks here uh, i I'll, I'll do it for you here
4: uh I'm itching to get to some of the questions that were submitted, but go for it,
0: okay. Who am I speaking with? Aaron. Aaron. Yes. All right. So we're gonna say back. So this is just Google. Nothing. Back pain pregnancy. All right. So Google is wicked smart. Um, has a ton of data, and so if, here's the four most common questions uh, expecting mothers are asking should you worry about back pain during pregnancy? What stage of pregnancy does back pain start? What can I do to relieve back pain during pregnancy? What does pregnancy back feel like? If I click on any of this, it opens up more. How much back pain is too much pregnancy? How much back pain is too much pregnancy? That's a weird question. Can I use a heating pad while pregnant? Pretty good. So as, as I click on these, they add more, I would get the top 10 or 12. Um, did you grow up in the age of like dictation? Like, yes. Okay. Awesome. So what, literally what I do is I'll use, um, some sort of dictation software, like grain and I'll record. So I'll have the, this question and then I'll answer it. And then I have it transcribed. Instantly. So I have the video that I can put on any social media platform, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, doesn't matter. We can get it out to everybody. We can put it on YouTube We can send it in an email, it, all, all from one three to five minute video. I have a transcription now of the answer, and I can put, turn that into a blog post, anything else. We can get a ton of mileage out of one three to five minute recording, and you're probably answering these questions are very similar all day long with your eyes closed, like you're mm-hmm. not, that is valuable content, put that out into the world and you'll have more don't even worry about the offer. If you want to like call it a discovery visit or a, you know, a uh, back pain and pregnancy assessment, whatever you want to call it. Great. But if you just focus on providing this valuable, goodwill and content, you'll, you'll have more of a following then you'll know what to do with. Nice. Helpful?
3: Yes, definitely.
1: So, right. In that example, if the, uh, it's a prior patient clicks on it and spends some time watching the video, um, is your next move to pick up the phone or call them or to send them another email?
0: This is Brian.
1: Yes. Brian.
0: It, yeah. We, there would be an automated email in our system, Brian, that, that goes out to you and says, Hey, Brian, saw you clicked on this video. What's going on with your back? Uh huh. So we we usually use calibrated questions. Calibrated questions begin with a what or how. How long has your back pain been bothering you? What have you tried for treatment so far? How did that go? Like what or how questions um, to get the the ball. Pit. And again, that's automated. And then the second that you answer and respond, we have somebody who's going to communicate back and forth with you, and they're going to have a bill or. They'll drive to the phone they'll say hey by the way i can give you a call what's the best number to reach you at okay great
2: are you giving those people any type of offer once they are interested
0: what's what, what's crazy and that's a really good question if you just focus on them they they'll schedule automatic it, it's when we try to when we focus on us and again, I, I don't want to get into conversion too much, but hey, we're the pre- premier rehab provider. We can help with that. We let, you know, we have certifications, we have degrees, we have whatever you want to call it, the, the second that we put the focus on us, conversion goes away. Or if we say, if, right, that Maggie, not to pick on you, but I hear that all the time. Uh, by the way, I've on recorded calls, I've heard our own team train, well-trained team do this. And Hey, if you decide to do something about it, just give us a call like that, forget it. That's that person's never coming through. But if I just say, Hey, how long have you had that going on? What have you tried for treatment so far? How did that work? What's the worst, you know, in the last 30 days, zero to 10, what's the worst pain you've had? What were you doing when that happened? You know, questions like that focus on their problem. You usually what will happen is our caller We'll get to a point and they'll say, okay, is this something that you want help with? And the person will say, yeah. And they'll say, how important is it it for you to take care of it? Hi, listeners. I think I might have something that you're interested in. If you are a listener of this podcast, I'm assuming that you're an owner or an aspiring practice owner. And my question for you is, what's the most pressing thing that you're wondering about in growing your practice? So essentially, if you could ask me any question, what would that be? You know, is it something around personnel? Like, you know, how do I handle when team members ask for a raise? Is it something around marketing? Like, should I be advertising on TikTok? Or how often should I be emailing my past patients? Is it something in finance or practice growth? Well, if you have a question, wouldn't it be great to get an immediate answer from me to your question? And I think I have something that you might be interested in if that does fit the case for you uh, might be able to help you out. I'm hosting a live Q&A session for private practice owners and you'll be able to hop on the call and uh, unmute yourself, have your camera on if you prefer and ask me any question that you might have related to practice growth. Absolutely nothing is out of bounds. And uh, the, the deal is you just need to register for the call. I think we have a limitation on how many people can get in um, we are, this is something new that we're launching, uh, specifically to the grow your practice podcast, but you do need to register. So there's likely a link, um, here or in the, uh, GetBreakthrough.com page. So you can go there or look in the show notes here for the link, but you do need to register for the next live Q and a session. So what's your most pressing question? You make, make sure that you write that down. What's stopping you from growing? your practice and the way that you want to grow it. And then join me in the next live Q and a session. And we'll make sure that you get your questions answered. And then they'll say, let me check the schedule. And then they'll, they'll have that person come in for an appointment. Sometimes it's straight ten IE. We don't know. The, the free screen is there as a catch-all. It's not something that we're leading with all the time. That helps. Fire away, Andrea.
4: Awesome. Um, So I think Kathy joined. Um, Kathy, are you on with us? I think that's McCollum Therapy. Um, She had posted a question um, in the Facebook group, um, and her question was, I relocated my clinic in approximately two months I'm preparing a checklist of marketing and informational items that need to be done prior to the move, but I don't want to leave anything out. Does anyone have any advice or a list of things you wished you would have done prior to moving? Did you have an open house for the MDs and former patients? Any advice is appreciated.
0: Anybody want to go on that one? All right. So... I moved this office, Uh, we were 1.1 miles away. We moved to this office. Unfortunately, it was June 26, 2009. So it was 14 years ago. We did a huge grand opening, um, mainly for patients. Waste a lot of money on balloons and cupcakes, way too much. Um, Looking back, what would I do differently? I, so in terms of referral sources, they just want to know the location. So it gives you an excuse to go out to every referral source in the area and say, this is our new location. Um, that's key. The other things are ways that people are going to find you, make sure that they can find you. So, you know, Google maps, Apple maps, wherever, you know, the common search sites in your area are, make sure that that, that change is timely. Update your web page, right? I would be thinking about that, and I would send out one or two email reminders, um, letting people know here's where we're going to be in the future, and and leave it at that.
4: Cool, well, thank you. Um, and then Aaron, I believe you submitted a question um, ahead of time. Um, What email platform do you use to be HIPAA compliant, sending your newsletters and offerings?
0: We we, we use Breakthrough. So our system, I'll give you a little bit of the back. Maggie, you're the only person I can see. So I'm just going to keep talking with you. Uh, do you know, like the Breakthrough backstory? Uh, a little bit. What do you know?
2: The. You started to
0: practice and then
2: started the marketing on it. I don't know. Maybe give me some more.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll fill it in here. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, opened in 2003, where we're at in central Pennsylvania, had to compete with large hospital systems that employed all of our PTs, forced us to go direct to consumer in our marketing. In 2012, November 11th of 2012, I think was the date I met, uh, Carl Mattiola. Carl is the CEO here at breakthrough at that time. He was the head of online sales for Tesla motors. You can look him up. He was hired by Elon Musk to figure out how to sell at the time. It was the model S a hundred thousand dollar EV with, uh, with an email and a landing page, which is a pretty crazy thought that that could actually work. He was looking to, he was there for two and a half years. He was looking to do something in physical therapy because of a life-changing experience that he had. Um, what Carl has done over the last six or seven years is take what we were doing. I figured out a lot of things offline, direct mail, newspaper, was paper, print ads, radio, TV, could figure that out. I was struggling a lot to bridge over and do things online. That was his wheelhouse, and it still is. So he and the team built out the software system. The original software engineer had done huge hundred million dollar projects at Microsoft at Holloway, and uh, so yeah, everything is HIPAA compliant. We've run it through BCMS with Mary DeLong and Alicia Mahoney. They they speak at PPS all the time, and they've been doing so for four plus decades. Um, but yeah, that we so. That is, and you can see I'm pretty technically challenged. I don't know if you picked up on that. Thanks. But, uh, yeah, so like you see me talking about email, but like, I understand the mechanics of email and what a good result is, but the only thing that I really care about in the end is the, the new patient coming in, right? I, I, I'm not an email expert. However, we're surrounded with a team, Andrea included, Carl, Jean. The rest of the team that is amazing at understanding automation. We have engineers in-house and everything else that built that. But yeah, that's what we use.
4: Well, um, Gary asked a question, um, would a weekly email campaign not be overbearing to many recipients and lead to unsubscribing um, versus sending emails like three times a month or monthly?
0: Yeah, so nearly impossible uh, to guess on that, but uh, it's kind of funny. I think I saw that question submitted beforehand, but uh, I'm helping a friend in another industry in uh, lending that emailed me almost the same exact question verbatim this morning. Like, how how much is too much? Well, you want to test, and there's this concept that Jim Collins has from uh, Good to Great, but he talks about firing bullets than cannonballs. So in the beginning. Let's say you have a, a thousand person list. You can segment your list to let's say a hundred people, right? So not the full list, but let's say ten percent of it. And we're gonna this list, we're gonna test emailing every single week for a month. See what happens. right? Then you haven't destroyed your entire list by wearing them out if you maybe you don't have the best emails lined up. but think about doing that. So fire bullets, small test first. Then, when you get success, then use up all your gunpowder on firing cannonballs. What most of us do is email blast, email blast, email blast. By the way, this has happened where, you know, working with owners, going through our courses, they go out, they buy, you know, some sort of uh, automated software that has nothing, you know, does not have the healthcare private practice owner in mind. And then what happens is they burn their list out in a few months. And they say, Hey, by the way, how do I do this? The right way is to test and learn in the beginning before you burn your, before you burn your list out. There's no right answer. Some people are going to respond to you, Gary, and those you can email more frequent, frequently. Others are never going to open your email and you probably want to go less frequent. Um, that, it's pretty intuitive if you think about it. If somebody's not using email, you're going to have, You know, if you send them something every quarter and they don't open it up, you're, that's a different problem than to solve for the person who's opening up your email every single week and interacting with that and responding to it. And you want to think about how to manage both of those parties and maybe a few others in between.
2: So are you basically like your software is like, okay, if they opened an email in the last week, send this like how does it differentiate with frequency
0: that's coming that's not there i'm I'm talking ahead only because i'm in planning sessions and around the software development yeah but that's ideally what you would want to do right. right now we email our list at least once but when i say email that means a campaign so every campaign that you saw in the drop down menu actually has three or four emails that go out. So it's not just a single email blast and then it's done. It they'll email and then two or three days later, another email will go out about the same topic and two or three days later, another email campaign will go out or another email will go out. And then once this, this, we do have built-in the second that they interact with it, they get taken out of the sequence. So like, if you watch the video, I don't keep sending you emails of, hey, you need to watch the video, Mm -hmm. right? It it, it treats you how you respond to the campaign that we're sending out. So that we have built out the segmentation that'll come later.
2: And are you doing like one campaign per month-ish?
0: Okay. One, max of two. It depends on the, so if we have like Brian was talking about an anticipated slow season coming up, We'll ramp it up, right? That the, the right way to think about this for business acumen is not what's going to happen. It's if we were to, if we were to have consistency, what do we need to do knowing my business and the seasons? What do we need to do to stay busy throughout this time of year? And it's usually more flow to our patient list. So we don't pound our patient list 12, 12 months out of the year, right? Mm -hmm. But twice a year, November and June, when we expect to slow down, we can go heavy right before that, not burn our list out, and have enough reactivations that will carry us through that time.
2: And so this is only going out to patients that have previously been discharged. It's not any active patient. Right.
0: Yes, correct. That low level of segmentation is done. Yeah. Quick reminder, three types of email. We have Nurture. An offer, which is the whole thing that we've talked about here, nurture campaigns. You have a, if you're emailing, if you're using digital marketing um, there, the second type would be an indoctrination campaign. So, you know, um, Andrea clicks on a, uh, a Facebook or a meta ad for something on shoulder pain. From the time she clicks on that ad until the time that there's some sort of human interaction, She's going to receive a series of emails from me because she doesn't know, like, and trust me yet. She's part of the cold market. She doesn't know what physical therapy can do or what our services can do. So we need to build trust. That is a different type of message and campaign than somebody who's been a past patient, right? We have to treat them different. And then the third type is we have a new patient sequence. So... To answer your question, Maggie, anybody that is in our new patient sequence, they're not getting nurture campaigns and emails. They're not getting indoctrination sequence.
4: Got it. Let's see. Joseph had submitted a question that um, I wasn't sure exactly what he was referring to. Maybe you do, Chad. He said, "When is coaching management bad management?"
0: No idea how to answer that. Okay. Uh, I mean, the quick, easy litmus test. So, is is results right? Like the, the question before that, I believe is look for people who are where you want to be. Don't buy coaching just to buy coaching. And I've done both. The, it, and it it's, that has to be the litmus test. If you're going to learn from somebody that has never done it before and is going to teach you like ivory tower philosophy, like don't do what I do, but do what I say. That is not, that is not a good. Coaching relationship. On the other hand, if somebody has a track record of results, that's what, that's what I'm looking for. And I go in actively in those, and I've had coaches for 20 years and mentors and everything else. In those, I walk in with questions. Here's what I want to solve. How would you think about solving this? What are the principles that you would look at? When did you solve this in the past? And what did you do then? I walk in with that mind. And then the other thing that I do, which is but has forged some lifelong relationships. Is after the meeting, I do a, a one or two page synopsis, send it back to the coach or mentor, and say, I just want to make sure that I got this right. Is this what you were trying to say? And did I did I get it? That is what you're looking for. If you do that, you're going to be so much further ahead of any other client that they're working with, and you're going to get the results that you're
1: looking for.
4: Awesome. Thanks. Um, all right, we have one more pre-submitted question here. It's from Jim. Um, Is anyone having trouble with their cancellation or arrival rate? We have plenty of referrals. We go into most weeks with very few blanks to begin the week. We typically enjoyed a 93% arrival, wait, arrival rate when most people are shooting for 90%. Now we are going on several months of 78 to 82%. Seems to be a mix of COVID and other sicknesses, as well as price of food and gas, etc. Um, we started a self-scheduling feature and an automated cancellation list that notifies people of openings. And we raised our cancellation rate. I'm hoping it's better in March and April when cold season passes and deductible stress eases. Is anyone else seeing this?
0: All right. So a couple things there. Uh, one, Jim, you said? Yep. Uh, you need to go in the exam room. Um, it, it, if we have a major change in cancellation rate, we go into the exam room with the clinician or directors will do this. They'll go in with the PT, they'll listen to be wh- what's being said there. We, I mean, we taught this and I, I'm pretty sure you can get access to it for free now everywhere, but we've taught this, uh, seven step exam or seven step killer exam. It, it's the seven steps that should be happening in order when the exam's done in the room, whether you're doing a free screen or an IE, um, yeah, it doesn't matter whether it's paid or not. Um, when our clinicians stick to that, they justify the value well. They walk the person to the value of PT well. And we have had people overcome massive time, distance, and money hurdles to get care when we do that. When we don't, we get cancellation rates and dropout and missing an action and all these other things where we have to put processes in. The other one is uh, we do reminder calls and texts the day before the appointment. And that I remember when we first did that, that was a a twelve percent jump in attendance rate.
4: Well, thank you. We we repeat this session every first Tuesday of the month. Um, so we'll be emailing out a link to register for the next one but uh yeah that'll be happening the first Tuesday in March. Cool. Um does anyone else have any final questions? We're almost at the top of the hour here so um we'll be closing it out shortly but just want to give you guys a last
2: opportunity. Um I have a question. Uh, currently our only like reactivation emails are set at like a point after discharge like I don't know 3 months, 6 months and then a year or something and it's it's through reach, which is like a Web PT product. And it basically is just kind of like checking in with the patient, like how are you feeling? Type of thing. Like how do you feel like the performance of just like a how you doing email works versus like what you're saying is like goodwill? Do they interact? Then we reach out to them. Like how does that compare, I guess, from your research on
0: well, most of our breakthrough clients um that have Web PT. Use both, and they understand okay. that breakthrough is filling in a lot of gaps that reach okay. isn't doing. Okay, but I mean the real question is how's how's reach working for you? You don't, I have, mean, to, you don't have to answer. It's
2: it's there and it's giving us some, but it's not like overwhelming us with a ton of reactivations. Like you know, I mean, I think there's opportunity for more.
0: Yeah, so uh, I'm. I mean, Heidi Jenauga has come to our events and spoken with the. Web PT team. So I'm fairly familiar. Carl's even more familiar, exactly what they have. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it's not a marketing first tool.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, I mean, that's our whole game is around that. So our, if you want to see that, what we can do, Maggie's we, we can connect you with, uh, somebody on our team who can show you what other owners are doing and they're right. Like a lot of other owners that are using both um, and some just shut off web PT reach eventually. Um, yeah. Others keep it on and they really like that activation feature.
2: Yeah. I guess well, just the- like their messaging is more just like, how's it going versus like, here's this info. Let me see if you interact. And then if you do, then you kind of get that more personal like level, I guess.
0: We do a recheck. Yeah. So two months after discharge, six months after discharge we do you can come back in and we'll take your objective measurements it's a mm-hmm. five or ten minute and we just see where you're at so if somebody regress significantly that for us is like the highest driver of consistent reactivations
2: so y'all system is basically doing that plus all this additional campaigns
1: and stuff is what you're saying okay
0: i wanted to know brian Was this what you were looking for, worth your while?
1: Yes, I didn't have a question as much as a comment. I think this is a really, really good session. Um, Things that uh, we have thought through, but not to the extent that they're described here. Uh, It's interesting uh, listening to the the different practices around the uh, country. I mean, a lot of times we market to our patients that their poor spouse must be going through something because... Uh, this this new uh, uh, pickleball phenomenon is just absolutely fabulous. These are older people on Medicare who have to jolt to one side or the other with with no stretching of perforation, and you wouldn't that pickleball. In, in, in infections coming in there. so it's great for a business. And fortunately, the clinicians the clinicians we have are fantastic and quite patient to deal with. Old senior citizens that are all of a sudden wishing that they're 30 years old again. But thank you for putting this on, Chad, and all the other identities. Thank you, Brian. Thank yes,
4: you. thanks for the seminar. Thanks so seminar. much everyone for your participation and for joining and hope that you can attend next time.
0: Remember to visit getbreakthrough.com to access our free resource library designed specifically for private practice growth. While you're there, Make sure you register for a complimentary growth assessment to learn about potential opportunities for growth in your local market. Again, thank you for tuning into the Grow Your Practice podcast and supporting our mission to help people in pain get back to normal naturally.